Headlines Racked Up. It's our 21st episode, and you know what that means. It's a silent episode. So sit back and enjoy several minutes of silence. That's gripping audio. Just kidding. This isn't a silent episode, although that would be the easiest episode Mike ever edited. This does wind up being a very special episode because they have four Joe issues covering three different series. It's a whole month's worth of G.I. Joe comics, so settle in. I'll start with G.I. Joe issues 9 and 10. Both issues are written by Paul Aller. The art on issue 9 is done by Ryan Kelly. This issue is both depressing and uplifting. It opens with a splash page of solid black and three little caption boxes. For those of you who don't know, a splash page is a page of a comic with one illustration that takes up the whole page. They're typically used to start the comic or tell a huge moment at the, in the story. Remember that definition, you'll need it later. The narration and the captions are being done by Tunnel Rat. He's talking about how he doesn't believe in an afterlife. When you die, it just goes black. This is also being done while Tunnel Rat is trying to escape in the sewers and get to his extraction point. As Tunnel Rat is making his way through the sewers, he's being tracked by vipers and comes under attack by bats, battle android troopers. While he is fighting to survive, Tunnel Rat is recounting his mission. He's in the country of Bantal, and he was a part of a team of Joes that was assigned to take out the factory that is manufacturing central processing units for bats. Without that factory, Cobra can't produce more. Tunnel Rat's mission was successful. The plant was destroyed, but at a heavy cost. He's the last survivor of his team. Eight Joes died on the mission. Tunnel Rat recounts how they all died. All the Joes that died were established characters. Some were well-known, some were minor, but there are no one-shot characters like Mangler or Cool Breeze. All these guys will be recognized by Joe fans. And I'm not going to tell you who they were, I want you to go read the issue. One of the Joes lost in the mission told Tunnel Rat that he thought they were going to lose the war. Despite the long odds and crushing loss, Tunnel Rat keeps fighting to survive. He accepts the fact that he is probably going to die, but he's not going easy. The cost was too high for him to give up. He manages to take out every bat and viper he comes across and make it to the docks for pickup. And he gets picked up by Shipwreck, who asks him about the rest of the team. Tunnel Rat tells him he's the only one left, but the mission was accomplished. Shipwreck is taken back at first, but he soon tells Tunnel Rat that he believes that the Joes will win this war, which does bring a small sense of comfort to Tunnel Rat. His teammates' sacrifices did mean something. Next up is G.I. Joe number 10, by Paul Aller and series regular artist Chris Avenhouse. We pick back up in the main storyline in this book after a few issues away to explore other fronts of the war. We open with a Cobra technician walking through a lab filled with bodies floating in tubes of chemicals. One of the bodies smacks the side of the tube and the tech tells him to calm down. The technician is about to join Dr. Mindbender and the Baroness in the lab. The bodies are apparently a new type of bat with organic brains from harvested bodies and test subjects. Dr. Mindbender is having difficulty with the latest experiment, Subject 7. Apparently, that brain is much more active than the others, and Mindbender is trying to bring it under control. The Baroness expresses her impatience with the work and leaves. Watching her leave from a roof across the street is Tiger and Frontier. They debate following the Baroness, but they admit that neither has a gift for stealth, which brings up the absence of Jinx. They decide to remain on their original mission, which is a target inside the lab. Subject 7 wakes up and attacks Mindbender and his assistant. Subject 7 overpowers them and asks, why? And Mindbender answers, because you were there. 
Subject 7 knocks them over and runs out of the lab. Mindmender activates an emergency lockdown to prevent her escape. The Joes notice this, and Frontier starts to worry. The assistant asks Mindbender what went wrong. All the other subjects died the moment they left their tubes. And Mindbender tells her that this brain was different. All the others were from vipers that fell in battle. And their brains had to be made viable again. This viper was still alive, picked by the Baroness because she was in the room when Mindbender made the request for a living subject. The assistant tells Mindbender that the experiment must end, but Mindbender wants it to continue. If he succeeds, he's a genius that helped to end the war. And if he fails, he's little more than a mad scientist and a butcher. Subject 7 forces her way into the lab again and attacks. Mindbender tries to sedate her, but the assistant fires and causes an explosion that knocks the three of them unconscious. The assistant and Subject 7 wake up at about the same time. The assistant tells Subject 7 to escape and to try and build a life. And Subject 7 leaves and the assistant destroys the other subjects. Frontier and Tiger notice the commotion and see Subject 7 leave. Frontier decides that he's going in. Frontier sees the bodies in the lab and finds the assistant. She tells him that they're all dying, but they are safe. They kiss, and the assistant is revealed to be... Well, I'm not going to spoil the last page reveal. The assistant is a Joe, and a pretty big name one. So go buy the issue and find out. Our third book is G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero 275. It's the long-awaited conclusion of Snake Hunt. We're finally at an end, and all of our questions will be answered. No, wait, no, they won't. Remember that definition of splash page I gave you earlier? Well, I hope you remember it because this issue is all splash page illustrations with no dialogue or sound effects. I can hear some of you going, hey, a silent issue, cool. Well, the first silent issue worked because it was a masterclass in well-planned storytelling. This issue was not. Here's the plot. The Joes in the community center fight their way out to the street. They meet up with the main team. The Joes, the October Guard, Dreadnoughts, and Iron Grenadiers shoot their way out of Springfield. Throwdown is rescued. The end. This took 10 issues? This story could have been three issues long, four at the most. There are no answers about the October Guard. There do not appear to be any lasting ramifications of Throwdown's capture. There were so many directions this could have gone. Maybe Throwdown could have been brainwashed by Cobra. Maybe Cobra could have learned he's not Snake Eyes. Nope. Let's spend nine issues of setup to get a whole issue of splash pages. The jarring after the last nine issues. The splashes don't make for clear storytelling. We're just getting clips and flashes of scenes, and we have to fill in the details ourselves. There's too many details that are left unclear. Laura343 appears to help the Joes escape and get wounded. Why was she helping the Joes? Plus, lots of scenes are of the Joes mowing down Cobras or running them over with buses. They really seem to be relishing the violence. And this isn't the G.I. Joe that I know. They're soldiers. They deal with violence, but they always understood the cost and consequences of that violence. They didn't glorify it. This issue does. I was really hoping for more from this story, but it was really a letdown. Well, it doesn't get any better with our last book. Hide the Women and Children. It's Snake Eyes, Dead Game Number 3. It's still plotted and drawn by Rob Liefeld, with a script assist from Chad Bowers. The issue opens with another shot of the fight between Thor and Kerrigan. Thor gets the upper hand and defeats Kerrigan. We get some narration about a story that the Hardmaster would tell of a noble warrior who lost his family and pleaded with the gods to restore them to life. The goddess is an Ami offered to restore his family if he played the dead game. He was given an indestructible sword and told to end life faster than the gods could create it. He did his job too well, and he began to challenge the gods themselves. He was defeated and imprisoned, and his sword was hidden. It's implied that this warrior is Kirigan. Kirigan and Olympia have placed Snake Eyes in a pit in Benzene in the Middle East. 
Snake Eyes is still wearing red because reasons. He has to retrieve Kirigan's sword from Jermangander. Try saying that five times fast, kids. The World Serpent of Norse Mythology. Remember, that's a creature from Norse Mythology in the Middle East. Watching all this has been Storm Shadow. He was telling us the story of Kirigan's origin. He jumps from a tree into the pit, which was previously drawn as like a mile away, firing a pistol that he pulled from who knows where. Snake Eyes grabs the sword, while Storm Shadow continues to shoot little bullets at a Godzilla-sized snake. Snake Eyes kills the snake with the sword, and both ninjas climb out of the pit and fight Olympia and Kirigan. Storm Shadow wants a little revenge for the Arashikage lost in reviving Kirigan. Kirigan starts to overpower Storm Shadow, but he's put down by the sudden arrival of Bullet Man. Yes, Bullet Man from the 70s Super Adventure Team. It would be kind of cool if you weren't so badly drawn. Kirigan demands his sword. Olympia tells Snake Eyes that the Norse magic that hid the sword prevented them from getting it themselves, but they could ask for it. The person who got the sword could refuse. Hey, that's easy. Snake Eyes can refuse, and we're done. Nope, for some inexplicable reason, he hands her the sword. Why? He's not working with them? Is he mind-controlled? I don't think so. Because in the last page, he's standing with Storm Shadow, Bullet Man, Mike Power, Joe Colton, and Scarlet, ready to fight Kirigan. And I guess we do need two more issues of bad plot. Anyway, it's cool to see Bullet Man and Mike Power, but there's no explanation of who they are and what their connection to G.I. Joe is. Could have used a page or two of General Colton recruiting them for this, but that would get in the way of whatever all this is. So two more issues to go. That's all for this time. No silent episode for episode 21. But I did talk about a silent issue. That counts, right? Anyway, I'll see you at the comics rack, and thanks for voting, everybody.